Before we begin, if you like what you hear on the Tin and J-Man Show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to interact with us and keep up to date with the Tin and J-Man Show on social media by liking our Facebook page and following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tin and J-Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Tin and J-Man Show with your hosts, Tanner Lee and Josh the J-Man Mont. What is up, Tan and J-Man Show Nation? We're back at it live on the ISC Sports Network. Before we go any farther, I'd like to let everybody know that on Saturday night, I, the (laughs) J-Man, defeated Tanner in his self-proclaimed best 59-year-old shooter in the, was it state or the uh, city? County, city. County, city, father in a game of pig. Yeah, I was very bad. Yes, uh, his father proved to be a um, good adversary, but uh, Tanner provided very you little know, resistance. I could sit here and make excuses that the ball was too slick. The backboard is awful and pretty much falling apart. We all had the haven't same shot, conditions. Haven't shot a ball in two years. Neither but, have I. But I was going to sit here and say I was just pathetic. I wasn't good. But luckily, a game of one-on-one consists of more than just shooting different trick shots. Unfortunately for you, that took place of our one-on-one game. No, nope, not even Jay close. J-Man is the champion. Not even close. The Tan and J-Man show is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a hand-crafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. The damn smoke came back after a week or two absence, I believe. At least the ribs uh, came back this weekend. I'm sure they sold out uh, pretty quickly. Sold out every week. Yes, it is available on weekends and features barbecue and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitou their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether it be boat or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Taco Break is also there as well, which is one of my favorites. You can contact them at 574-223-8950. You still haven't had the ribs yet, have you? You don't know that. Well, yes, I do, because last week you said you hadn't had them, and then this past week they were unavailable. Yes, I have <laughs> so not, I have not had them. you have to do that, man. Maybe this weekend. I'm going to hold you to it. I hope you do. Yeah. You got some birdie bogey for us, or do you want me to go through on this day first? You know, let's switch it up. You go through on this day first, because I'm trying to get our show out here to the millions. Millions in the uh, Tan and J-Man show nation. Yep. Let's see here. Um, 1920, Reds, Ed Roush, falls asleep in center field <laughs> during long infield argument. Heine Grow goes to wake him up, but umpire ejects <laughs> Roush or Rao. For delay of game. That's pretty funny. Those Reds, I tell you. Always oh. falling asleep on the job. That's why they never win anything. Fell asleep during a game. That's pretty good. 1921, the very next year, Babe Ruth was arrested for speeding and fined $100. and Held in jail until 4 p.m. Hmm. What was the speed limit in 1921, you ask? Or I was really curious. Going to find out here. 
Uh, not coming up with anything. No. Okay. It looks like Move it right was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't very fast, but he uh, broke the law and was held in jail. Let's see. Um, hmm. Not a whole lot uh, on this day. Uh, 1955, the uh, then Brooklyn Dodgers optioned Tommy Lasorda to AAA to make room on roster for Sandy Koufax. He's been part of their franchise for a long, 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 long time. 1958, the LPGA Championship was played at Churchill Valley Country Club. Can you name who won? Nope. Mickey Wright. You ever heard of her? I didn't even know women's golf was organized in that early. She won her first of 13 major titles. Well, she's back pretty then. good. Yeah. I could probably only name you like five or six women's golfers off the top of my head. Annika Sorenstam. Yeah. Michelle Wee. Yeah. There's two. Carrie Webb. Mm-hmm. Natalie Gilbus. Um, yeah, I'm seeing blank. Lexi Thompson. <laughs> um, 1961, Milwaukee Braves sets record of four consecutive homers. It's since been tied, but uh, can you name the four who hit the homers? No. Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, Joe Adcock, and Frank Thomas. Not the Frank Thomas. Not the big hurt. I should have guessed for, uh, Those Hank are Aaron. four really good players, too. Yeah. Um, 1966 on this day, huge NFL news. The NFL and AFL announced plans to become NFC and AFC in 1970. Oh. Yeah, this is pretty big news. Pretty, pretty big. 1969, MLB <laughs> legend Mickey Mantle gives his farewell retirement speech during Mickey Mantle Day at Yankee Stadium. 60,000 people were in attendance. You should have done it again um, during somebody else's day. Maybe that day was the first Mickey Mantle Day. Probably was. Um... Nineteen seventy one, the White Sox draft Danny Goodwin number one. He refused to sign with him. It's a bad bad podcast for the Reds and uh, White Sox fans. Classic. You hate to see it. My mother just texted me. Thanks for that's the That's what uh, I felt uh, the vibrator. I thought it was yes, my fault. My bad. Like, that was my fault. Yeah. Um on the open road in nineteen twenty one, the speed limit was twenty to thirty miles an hour. <laughs> wow. He was flying. <laughs> Um, 1976, Bobby Orr signs a five-year contract with the Chicago Blackhawks. He was a good one. On this day in 1977, Nolan Ryan notched his fourth career 19-strikeout game. He's incredible, wasn't he? It's insane. 1980, the LPGA Championship Women's Golf was played at Jack Nicholas something club. What does GC stand for? Golf, golf club. club. Yeah. <laughs> or golf course, but I think it's usually golf club. Here we Sally Little won. Hmm. Wasn't going to guess that. So, Who won the 1980 French Open Men's Tennis Championship? McEnroe. Bjorn Borg. You've heard of him. Yeah, I have. Who won the 1982 NBA Championship? 82? Yes. Hmm. Let's go with the Celtics. L.A. Lakers yeah. beat the Philadelphia 76 That was my next guess. So. Darn it. <laughs> There's 50-50 chance in yeah, the 80s the pretty two. much. Yeah. Darn. 1985, the French Open women's tennis 
was held. Who won that one? This woman won her 17th Grand Slam title. Billie Jean King? Chris Evert. <sighs> beat Martina Navratilova. Yeah, I've heard of all those three. Who all won? Three of those. Who won the 1986 NBA championship on this day? 86 yeah. Celtics. Celtics. Yes. Beat the Lakers. Houston Rockets. <laughs> I didn't. Oh wow! I didn't know the Rockets did anything before the 90s. No, they really didn't. Huh? What like Clyde the Glide been there? And Anna Keem would have been there, wouldn't he? In the in 86. Clyde was a blazer before he was a blazer. He was a yes, he was. Oh. He played at Houston, though University, yes, University yes. Of Houston, mm-hmm. whatever. Cougars. Um, let's see. Nineteen eighty nine, the Pirates scored ten runs in the first, their best inning since nineteen forty two. It prompts Pirate broadcaster Jim Rooker to say he would walk from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia if the Pirates lost. Phillies beat them fifteen to eleven. Rooker walks at the end of the season. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was announced like today with uh, uh, social, uh, social media, media. Would have been blowing up? That'd be awesome. It's great. Get a video of them doing it. Who won the 1999 French Open Women's? Um, um, Venus Williams. Monica Seles. I was going to say the Williams sisters probably weren't even on the tennis circuit yet. 91. They would have been pretty oh, young. Oh, 91. I thought you said 99. No, 91. My bad. I, I thought you said 99. My bad. Steffi Graf won the 96 French Open. Tennis Williams. might be. Tennis and bowling would just be equal for me. <laughs> Who oh, won geez. the 2002? Women's? Yeah. I'll go with Venus Williams. Serena. Ah, See, I know Serena's be- better, yes. but I thought Venus at once some early in the 2000s yes. first. Let's see. A bunch of LPGA stuff. Mm-hmm. 2008, French Open men's. 2008, let's go with uh, Nadal. Nadal did win. He uh, he whooped on uh, Federer that For a year. while he did on the clay court. Serena won in 2013. Who won the NHL title in 2013 on this day? 13? Thirteen. Was that a Red Wings year? It was not. No. Chicago Blackhawks beat the Los Angeles Kings. Four games to one. I don't like them. MLB draft is this week, and in 2015 on this day, the Arizona Diamondbacks took Dansby Swanson with the number one overall pick. He was then subsequently shipped off to the Atlanta Braves in the Shelby Miller trade. That did not go very well for the Diamondbacks. That was oh. actually that actually turned into a pretty yeah, good on this I thought, day. I thought you were done after like four of them. So I know it kept rolling. There was a big there was a big jump from the 1920s to 1950 something. Yeah. Turned the clock forward a little bit. Yes, sir. In the on this day segment is brought to you by like it is every week. Proforma Print House. Are you are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting? Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company. Contact them today at 574-210-3815. I'm not going to try a witty, uh, a witty um, catchphrase today on no, them like you I did, did last week. Yeah, that was... That was uh, backfired. Not, not your best effort. didn't backfire. It was just... It, it just was, wasn't the best. No, it. and you know, I try to give forth the best effort I possibly can each you week. You know, your effort level has gone way up since the pandemic started, so... It's, it's, gone, been, it's been noticed. It's gone way up since I bought a new laptop. It's, it's been noticed, so... And appreciated. I'm a grinder. Settle down there. All Settle right. Down. You ready for your birdie bogey question? Let's hear it. All right. 
Here is a list of schools with the most NBA draft picks, uh, NBA number one overall NBA draft picks in the last 40 years. <laughs> so since 1980 to now. Here are some of the schools that have two or more. UNLV, North Carolina, LSU, Kansas, Georgetown, and Purdue all have two. Two what? Number one overall NBA draft picks number in one the last 40 overall. years. Okay. Those are the only schools with two. There's two schools that have had three of them, Kentucky and Duke. Oh, Name God. the six players <laughs> from those two schools that have been no. drafted number one overall in the NBA draft in the last 40 years. Kentucky and Duke. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think I can get I, – I, right now I know I can get half of them. Yep. So, um, so you got you got all show. That's a good about one. It. That is a very good yep. question. Um, but I was shocked that uh, this is just a list of schools that have two or more. I thought there would be a lot more than that in the last 40 years. But I can name Purdue's. It's Big Dog and Joe Barry Carroll. Those, those two guys right there. Those two right there. Georgetown would have been uh, Ewing and Iverson. And Iverson. I didn't know Iverson won number one. Kansas. Who would that have been? Kansas. JoJo White. Was he? Uh, did he go to Kansas? Was Ray LaFrance wasn't number one overall. I don't pick, think he was, was number one. This goes back 40 years. So. JoJo White went ninth overall yeah. out of Kansas. <clears throat> but the uh, two LSU would have been Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Who would have been the other one? Pistol P would have been before 80. Oh, this is just since 80. This is the last 40 years. LSU, 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 LSU. Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. North Carolina's two. Jordan went third. And he was... Yeah. James Worthy go number one? Can't imagine he went number one. And then UNLV's two. Larry Johnson and Anthony Bennett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Worthy did go number one overall in 82. So I got one of them. I'm extremely smart today. Vince Carter went number one, was he? I think Vince Carter went third. And Antoine Jameson wasn't number one. No. There's probably somebody we're forgetting. Vince Carter went fifth. Yeah. Carolina, Carol. Sean May, Felton weren't. Mm-mm. Harrison Barnes was second. No. No, Marvin Williams was second. Harrison Barnes was a first rounder, yeah, but, but he, he wasn't, wasn't that no, high. No, I was thinking I was thinking Marvin Williams in my head. So hmm. Yep. Barnes won seventh. Okay. Well. Oh. That's a good question, though. Yep. Birdie Bogey's brought to you by On This, not On This Day. <laughs> right as I was uh, thinking I was really smart, I you're, you're, royally screwed you're this going up. smooth. It's because you switched up the order this week. That's why I said that. Brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Uh, they've had lettuce head, salad mix, radishes, carrots, kale, rhubarb, and asparagus. You like rhubarb? I don't think I've ever had it. It's really sweet. No, my grandma likes making rhubarb pie. Rhubarb pie. I've had a rhubarb pie. It's real sweet, but uh, I might like it if it's pretty sweet. It's delicious. Yeah. Get yourself some. Get your veggies. Gotta get stuck on that one of these days. <laughs> All right, we got we got some news to talk about. Um, golf's returning this week. Live sports, getting which IndyCar returned this week, so I guess we got another live sport on the docket now. Which um, I think Scott Dixon won this weekend. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, 
Kevin Harvick won the NASCAR race, but we'll get to golf in a little bit. I wanted the J-Man to let us know the latest going on with the MLB negotiations. Negotiations. So uh, Major League Baseball proposed to the players today a 76-game season, 75% of the full prorated salary, eight playoff teams per league compared to how many are there? Usually five. What would you say? I'm sorry. Eight playoff teams per league. That's more than half. That's like the NBA. Yeah, because they're usually, usually five. five. Yeah. Um, no qualifying offer for 2020, so teams that lose free agents receive draft pick for players, sign multi-year deals at $35 million plus, or one-year deals at $7.18 million plus, uh, but they will not lose any draft picks. Uh, spring training 2.0 will last 21 days. Season start July 10th and September 27th. Um, some other stuff. I know um, the players hate the deal because it, one one guy literally said um, two weeks ago the uh, and you'll you'll like this one because it's an inside joke we have uh, two weeks ago the Major League Baseball uh, proposed six oh one and today they proposed uh, half a dozen of another. <laughs> so it's pretty much the same thing. Um, they, they get a ten percent salary increase but they play 50 percent more games from the last one because there were rumors they were going to offer a 48 game season um and at this point i can't imagine this goes to a vote because the players hate it i think eventually it's just major league baseball is going to have to say we're playing a 50 game season whether you like it or not if you don't like it you can go on strike whatever you don't have to play it i think they're just going to end up um end up playing the season as is. Uh, I do think there will be a season. Um, most people think there will be a season. It's just whether uh, the players will agree to play it. We could be seeing a uh, a um, kind of strike year like back in 87 in the NFL when they had replacement players. So I might have to go try out and play for the uh, Chicago Cubs um, major league franchise. <laughs> could, you, could you see me out there? Playing first base at Wrigley Field. I would pay a lot of money to see you try. <laughs> a lot of money. I haven't swung an actual baseball bat since like 2011. I would pay uh, four figures just to watch that. <laughs> what 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 would be your limit? Like five grand? <laughs> well, it would have to contain certain things. Like, I would want you to go against Rollis Chapman. I would pay five grand to watch that in a heartbeat. I'd, I'd, As a lefty, you'd look like crook I'd, against the... Yeah, unit. I was going to say I'd be looking like Henry Rowan Godner <laughs> st- standing all the way in the back of the box as far back as possible. That would just be terrifying. That'd be awful. Um, uh, I have nothing else to say literally about uh, no, Major League Baseball. I, I did get a fan question from our buddy Aaron Lynch. He said, what do you want the agreement to be? I think 81-game season, full pro-rated salary. Uh, they get half of their original pay, which I think is fair. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, hopefully this new deal at least starts a dialogue again because there was a report that they the owners were going to talk today about whether they are even going to restart negotiations with the Players <laughs> Association. Again, it's a oh, bad yeah. look. Um, and the collective bargaining agreement is up, I think, after next year. So this doesn't put much uh-huh. faith and um, the owners, the players will have no faith in them, and the likelihood of a strike then is will be off the charts. Yep. Um, so it's just a you know, bad I'm, I'm, deal. I'm telling you, a lot of regular baseball fans like me, 
if they don't have a season, they might not come right. back. That's right. Next year. And I think there will be a season. It's just what kind of legitimate season will it be? If it's 50 games, it's really it's not even legitimate. No. Um, I'm telling you, the Rays are going to win it all. Well, the Rays are, should be really good. I mean, they could be I, good I, enough I to win. I just throw them out as a team um, that never does anything. But. Well, sorry for sorry. Yeah, on your yeah. parade. Yeah, got to go get so serious. Um, the Pirates there could be go. a okay. team that – uh, could go and win the NL Central. Just 50 games, you learn nothing. Teams have great 50-game stretches all the time. The Mariners started the season like 17-4 and four last year. They will be picking, I think, in the top five yep. on Wednesday. Which, um, speaking of that, this will probably be the highest-rated MLB draft ever. It'll probably get more it, attention than it ever has this year. It'll be on both MLB Network and ESPN. And um, with all this other stuff going on, it could be very embarrassing yeah, that's for what Major I'm saying. League Baseball. It, they could have their biggest draft, and yet they're not not close right now to have a season. That's the thing. Yeah. And the, the thing about this new proposal is on the surface it looks good enough for the players, but once you really dig down, it's awful for the players. It's just as bad as the first proposal. But this will be the owner's excuse to blame the players when um, there's not a very good season this year. And that's just – they could – the owners could not care less about the players or the fans or the sports. Care about that almighty dollar. Every day's a wasted opportunity. The crazy thing is there is still nine owners left that were owners of a team during the 94 strike. It seems like those nine should step up and say, we almost lost baseball until Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire came and saved it. Which is a great transition. That's what I was trying to do. I was segueing. Which the uh, first of what two parter two part documentary? It's just a one Back part. Is it just one it's one? Just one part. Yeah. Was the Lance Armstrong the only two parter? Yes, because okay. the Bruce Lee one was last, last night. Last night I did not watch any uh, of that. Going back to Kansas, number one overall pick. My dad just texted me, Danny Manning. Mm, yeah. Forgot about him. He just got fired at Wake Forest. He did. Uh, but it, yeah, the season, the summer that saved baseball was the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa back in '98, and thirty uh, ESPN is doing a thirty for thirty documentary on it this Sunday night. Should be a good one. Look forward to it. Uh, that was kind of the first. I was six. We were six years old. Um, that's kind of the first baseball I season well, I truly remember. I remember right where I was when McGuire hit his sixty-second, and, yep. S- and Sosa came running in. Gave I do him a remember that punch to the gut. Uh, they were all congratulating him yep. as he uh, ran the bases. But uh, the thing people don't remember, and you didn't even know this, but Sosa is the one that won the MVP that year, yep. even though McGuire hit the 70. Oh, his team made the playoffs, like you yes. told me before. Um, I didn't even know that. Cubs so. were garbage before that year. Then he hit 66 bombs, and they had a really good year and won game one, 63 against the Giants to win the wild card. Then got swept by the Braves. Did they go from then till 03 without making the playoffs? Yes, because then the next year they lost 90-plus games again. Then they were bad in 2000, good in – 2001, 188 games, but didn't make the playoffs. And bad in 2002, then good in 03. From 03 to now, it's been the best stretch of Cubs baseball we've ever had since. That's really, 17 years. Really, the 30s yeah. is the best stretch. Easily, yeah. they've been to the playoffs. How many times? There's three, six, eight times eight in times, 17, 17 years, yeah. which that's the best it's been in 80 years. So, Yep. See so what you got to look forward to the next 80? I mean, you won't be like 80, 80 more years, but uh, it could be. Could be. I could be 108. Who knows? Technology today. We'll be living longer. Uh, I might. I might just be immortal. But, I, <laughs> but uh, I do remember that '98 season. Uh, I remember my dad 
being a Cub fan, but he was also a big McGuire fan. So, kind of interesting. That was weird. I remember being a McGuire fan and Sosa fan growing up. I liked them both. I had the McGuire wiffle ball bat. I was a big fan of Sammy Sosa. I had a Sosa jersey. Didn't like McGuire. Yeah. Don't like the Cardinals. Yeah. Hate them. Yeah, well, yeah. Can't stand them. Yeah. They weren't even that good then. Then they got good. Yep. That's all we had to hear about. They had the worst World Series champion team in the history of baseball. I will die on that hill. 2006, won, they went 83-78, and 78, won the World Series. Got hot when it mattered most. Shouldn't even been in the playoffs. They got hot in the playoffs when it mattered most. The Central was garbage that year. Yep. Thanks, all, thanks a lot, Jim Hendry. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it Sunday night. Looking forward to learning a lot, hearing some back, <clears throat> back stories and stories from behind the scenes and everything. So, we'll have probably – a bunch to recap about that next Monday. Yep. Anything else you want to add there? No. I'm nope. looking forward to it. Nope. You prepared a segment for the show. J-Man did. I had an outline of an idea, and then I wrote it down and became an actual idea. It became a reality. Um, so what I did, I did a player A versus player B comparison. I'm not going to tell Tanner who the players are at first. He's going to... I'm trying not to glance his direction because I don't want to see his screen. Yes. One of the players is a Hall of Famer. The other is not, but they had very comparable stats, and I want to see which player Tanner chooses, of which career was better. I want to think how my mind thinks. Or you want to um, know how, find out how my mind thinks. That's kind of scary. That is scary. I'm very nervous Scary about place it. up there. And so, so I did five baseball players, two NBA players, and two NFL ones. Okay. So. Starting with baseball, these were both outfielders. Okay. Player A... Played 23 years in Major League Baseball. Quite a long career. Played left field, was really bad defensively. In his career, he hit 294 with a 385 on base, a 425 slugging, 170 career homers, 2,605 career hits. He won one World Series that he played in, 69.4 career war. So that's the first player. Keep that fresh in your mind. It's a lot of numbers there today. I Just. know. It. Player B played 18 years in Major League Baseball, played center and left. Hit 284, 352 on base, 433 slugging, had 170 career more hits, had uh, 65 career more homers, had uh, less steals, and his career war was around the same. This guy won two World Series and hit 326 in the World Series. Which player are you taking? Player B. Player B is not the Hall of Famer. Yeah, I guess I kind of guessed how that was going, but yes, yeah. Player A, Tim Raines, he's in the Hall of Famer. Oh Bible. yeah. Player B, Johnny Damon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't say Damon is a Hall of Famer, but right. then you, yeah. Well, J- Johnny Damon got one point nine percent of the vote on his first year on the ballot, so he's completely off. But what Raines I liked was he played two positions instead of just one. Right. He said he had more hits, he had more, more hit, homers, more homers, one more World Series. Yep. And was really good in the World Series. Yep. So, All right, these two are closers. Player A, 2.83 career ERA, 300 saves, played 12 years and won one World Series. He threw 12 career postseason innings, but he did win a World Series. Player B, 2.89 career ERA, third all-time in appearances, 424 career saves, which is fifth all-time. Uh, they're... Wins above replacement were pretty much identical. He did not win a World Series, but had a 1.88 career ERA in postseason play. Which player are you taking? It's funny because, you know, a lot of times you go with the who is the 
more proven winner, but this mm-hmm. guy had 124 more saves than the other fifth most all time. I got to go with option B. He is not the Hall of Famer. I, I figured he wasn't again. <laughs> I, I just kind of know how this is yep. going, but I'm going by the stats. Player A, Bruce Suter, former okay. Cub and yeah. Cardinal. Player B, John Franco, former Mets lefty closer. That that is kind of egregious in my opinion. Yeah, I think 124 Fra- more. Yeah, I think Franco should be in the Man. Hall of Fame. Yeah, wow. These two are shortstops. Player A played 24 years in Major League Baseball, had 2,877 career hits with 80 career homers, hit 272 in his career, 336 on base, 352 slugging. He had 11 Gold Gloves. Player B played ni- no no World Series, no World Series. I think I might know. Maybe. Player B played 19 years in Major League Baseball, 2,460 career hits, 28 career homers, hit 262, 337, 328, had 13 gold gloves. Which player are you taking? You know, I'm going to switch up because I went B both times. We're going to take A this time. Player A is not the Hall of Famer. Jeez, I'm awful in this game. <laughs> Omar Vizquel. That's who I thought. Player that's, A. That's who I thought it was. Not in the Hall of Fame. Ozzie Smith, player B. Both of those were in my head, and I know I'm like, oh, you're just saying that. No, um, they were both in my head when I heard the 80 home runs uh-huh. and 28 home runs. 28 home runs, that's all he had. That's, yep. Wow. It, was a, it was obviously a different yeah. day back in the Did a bunch of backflips, though. Yes. <laughs> and that's probably why, because people remember him, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he played for, like, one team. Uh, he played with the Padres. Yeah, Omar, but Omar was kind of all over. But Ozzy got 91% of votes on first ballot. was the first ballot Hall of Famer. I think Vizquel will eventually get in because yeah. he's been on the ballot three years and his votes have gone up each year, and he has 52.6% of votes this year. You have to have 75% Some of the percent quickest to get hands in. in the league. Yep. All right, these two are outfielders. Player A, 17 years in Major League Baseball, 2,160 career hits, 383 homers, hit 313, 400, 565 in his career, seven gold gloves. Player B, 17 years as well in Major League Baseball, 1,949 hits, 393 career homers, hit 284, 376, 527. He won eight gold gloves. Which player are you taking? One of these guys, Andrew Jones? No. Okay. Um, but Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Famer. I'm going to take player B. Player B is not the Hall of Famer. <laughs> See, aren't you guys glad I don't vote for the Hall of Famer? Player A, Larry Walker. Ah, Hall of Famer. Newly Hall of Famer. Player B, Jim Edmonds. Wow. Got He only got 2.5% of the vote on his first year on the ballot. You know what's weird is I just listened to an hour podcast today all about Larry Walker. And I probably heard a lot of those stats and it just went (laughs) in one ear, out the other. So, All right, one more MLB one. Larry Walker was kind of a jerk, by the way. Was he? During his playing days. Jim Edmonds was a major jerk as well, so they're both jerks. He, uh, when he played for Jim Leland when he was the manager... He kind of picked and chose what day he was going to show up and play, what days he wasn't. Drove Leland nuts. I bet. Then the Rockies finally got tired of it and shipped him off to St. Louis. That's why. Then he played every single day as a Cardinal. I remember going to the Cardinals. I didn't. Was Jim? Are you sure Jim Leland was with the Rockies? Or are you talking Jim Tracy? No, Leland. Oh, when he was with um, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Leland. They didn't kept saying Leland on the podcast. Maybe I don't know. Maybe just part of the staff or something. I don't know. Unless I was hearing it wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're saying Leland, not Tracy. Leland was with the, Then they were talking about Clint Hurdle. I say Leland was with the, I hate Clint Hurdle with his pirate days. All right. Uh, I wasn't paying attention, really, <laughs> to the podcast. These are both right fielders. Player A played 19 years in Major League Baseball, 2,000, 
2,712 hits, 339 homers, 154 steals, hit 290 with a 339 on base and a 472 slugging. His career wins above replacement was 40.1. He won two World Series. Player B, 22 years in Major League Baseball, 2,866 career hits, 384 career homers, hit 389, 356, 465 in his career, 38.7 war. But this guy never won the World Series. I'm going with player B because I blanked every stat you said on player A. <laughs> Couldn't even recite one. You actually chose a Hall of Famer this one time. One for five. Harold Baines, give a shout-out to Sean Shriver. Because player A should be in the Hall of Fame, and it's from his pirate, because he's a pirate fan. Yeah. Right? Dave Parker should be in the Hall of Fame. Speaking of Sean, I was reading his comment here. That's why when you were going over player ah. A, he says, Ozzie Smith, in his opinion, is the greatest defensive infielder of all time and he's regularly a saved 100 runs a year with his glove, which is equivalent of 100 RBIs. That's fair, but uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm, it's kind of going to be the same argument when Yadi Molina is up for it because he's going to be a Hall of Famer and he shouldn't be, but he'll be in. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't even call Omar Vizquel a Hall of Famer, but he's he's not he, not yet. But I think I think he will be. All right, ready for? I actually have three NBA ones. All right, ready. These two were both centers. Player A, eleven point eight points per game, eight point two rebounds per game. He was a one-time All Star. Player B, 9.5 points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game. He won a Defensive Player of the Year and was a four-time All-Defensive Team and four-time block champ. Give me Player B. Player B is not the Hall of Famer. Of course he's not because he's never an All-Star, but he was a Defensive Player of the Year and a four-time All-Star. Player A, Vladi Divac. <laughs> player B, Marcus Camby. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to think in my head. I can't even think of guys who were around that like point per game. Right. Both solid players. Yeah. Both played for quite a few teams. Another center. Um, player A, seven years in the NBA, 12 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, shot 50% from the floor. He was not an all-star. Player B, 10 years in the NBA, 13.5 points per game, seven rebounds per game. He was more of a three-point shooter as a center. He was a one-time all-star. Player A. Player A is the Hall of Famer. He shouldn't be, but uh, I think it's because he's from Lithuania, and that's uh, Sabonis. Sabonis. I don't. His knees gave out on him, man. He Ar- was a good player. Arvidas Sabonis. Yep. Player B, Mamet Okur. Wow. Remember him? Yeah. He had, better, he had better stats. He was a jazz. And... All right. One more NBA. Point guard. Player A, 17 years in the NBA, 12.5 points per game, 6.5 assists. Player B, 15 years in the NBA, 11.1 points per game, 6.7 assists per game, five-time all-defensive team. Player B. Player B is the Hall of Famer. He is Maurice Cheeks. Player A, Andre Miller. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that one makes a lot of sense. Now I have two NFL ones, which I I, kind of skewed these stats a little bit, and I'm not a big fan of this one. (laughs) But player A, 34 interceptions. In his career, these are safety, by the way. Safety? Yep. Three-time Pro Bowl, two-time Super Bowl champ, and won a Defensive Player of the Year. Player B, 24 interceptions, two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ. Is player A, Ed Reed? No. Darn it. Um, can you read player B stats one more time? 24 interceptions, two-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ. 
I'll go player B. Why? I don't know. Because I'm having really trouble remi- remembering. Player A, that's- 34 interceptions. Yeah. yeah. Three-time Pro Bowl, two-time yeah. Super Bowl champ, and yeah. he won a defensive player of the year. Yeah, but I keep getting wrong. The players I think should be in the that Hall of Fame are not. So that's why I went with option B. So I obviously got this one right. Because player B is Steve Atwater. <laughs> and player A is Dick, Dick Anderson, even though Dick Anderson was better. I had safety. Atwater in my uh, mind, but I didn't think he had 24 picks. So Player A, these are both linebackers. Seven-time Pro Bowl, five-time All-Pro, led NFL in total tackles twice. Player B, Eight-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro, never led NFL in tackles, but he did win a defensive player of the year. Player B. Player B is Brian Erlacher. Player A should also be in the Hall of Fame. That's Zach Thomas. Ah, good ones. Was a Both were 54. Yes. Peyton Manning would always say that um, Zach Thomas gave him the worst fits um, during his playing days. My dad says, Sabonis got in for his play before going into NBA. See, it, Bill Walton thought he was the best center in the world in the early 80s. It, it, it is a basketball Hall of Fame. It's not an NBA, so there's a lot of college guys in there and contributors, so that's international. why. But, and international. So it, it, it was, That's why the MLB one was so much easier sure. to find guys, just because it's harder to get in, Yep. Uh, for one. But uh, Good stuff. Very mad at that Steve Atwater one. Smiling assassin, man. Takes me Newly Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Dick Anderson should be Took a Hall of Famer. Took him forever to get in, but he did get in. Should be in, man. Now what? <laughs> I got golf here? Yeah, I got some golf and a few other things that we can hit on. But, uh, yes, live golf is back this week. No fans are in attendance, but, you know, at least it's a meaningful tournament. It's not just a, you know, for a good cause charity event or anything like that. But um, it's the Charles Schwab Challenge, which will be in Fort Worth, Texas. And it's got some big groups, some really big names they paired together for Thursday, Friday. One of those groups could be Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. Three big heavy hitters there. Has Rahm ever won a major? No, not He's yet. He's the only one in that. Uh, yeah. Kepka and Roy are kind of the two guys that have won all of them here this This decade, is uh, Roy's like. first career start at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Um but he has two wins in his PGA Tour career when making a tournament debut. 2010 Wells Fargo in the 2019 RBC Canadian Open. John Rahm's only played uh, Colonial three times, but he has two top fives. So he's got a pretty good track record. And Kepka's only played there once, and he finished second. So all three of those guys should be in the mix. Uh, three buddies are paired here. Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth. Three hmm. really good friends. Uh, Ricky has two top tens and six starts on the season so far this year. Uh, Thomas enters the week number two in the FedEx Cup standings. He's one of two players with multiple wins on the season. Just seems like forever ago since, I mean, they stopped playing in March, so you forget there was even a season two months before that. What was the last full tournament that was played? the week before the players, whichever that was, because they played one round of the players and shut everything down. And Spieth's uh, won here once in 2016, has two – Tied for seconds in 2015 and in 17, seven starts, but Speed hadn't won in a long, long time. So, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose are all paired together. DeChambeau's finished in the top five in uh, his last three starts on the season. Uh, Dustin Johnson enters the week 111th in the FedEx Cup standings. Um, and he's not missed the tour championship since his rookie season in uh, 2008. So he's he better get it going if he uh, wants to qualify for the Tour Championship later this year. 
And in 2018, Justin Rose became the first player to win the Charles Schwab Challenge and go on to win the FedEx Cup in the same season. And the last of the featured pairings, you got Phil Mickelson, Kevin Nahn, Gary Woodland. Mickelson, of course, is a 44-time PGA Tour winner. He's ha- has won at the Charles Schwab Challenge twice in the year 2000 and the year 2008. Kevin Nahn is the defending champ where he won his third PGA Tour title there last year. And he earned his fourth earlier this season at the Shriners Hospital for Children Open. And Gary Woodland is the reigning U.S. Open champion. He has four top tens on the season, including a tight for eight at the Honda Classic in his most recent start. So we will see. I expect a lot of guys to be pretty rusty. Um, but as a golf fan, I am back to see. Or I'm glad to see them back playing live. I'm uh, sure they've been playing a ton. Oh, yeah. It's just different when you get in a tournament setting. But then again, there's, there's not going to no be fans. fans. But, but still, it means a lot more. of your obviously. counterparts are going to be around. Right. I mean, we saw Rick, Ricky Fowler, uh, Matthew Wolf, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson show off a little rust a few weeks ago in the Skins Game Challenge. But they also have they have the uh, power rankings here on PGATour.com. Go through these really fast. Uh, in the top 15, you got Bryson DeChambeau ranked 15th for this week. Uh, Sunjay M, 14th, Jordan Spieth, 13th, Harris English, 12th, Matt Kuchar, 11th, Ryan Palmer, 10th, Tony Finau, 9th, Mark Leishman, 8th, Kevin Kistner, 7th, Justin Thomas, 6th, Brooks Kepka 5th, Kevin Noth, 4th, Roy McIlroy, 3rd, Webb Simpson, 2nd, and John Rahm is their favorite to win. John Rahm. No Ricky Fowler, top 15. A little disappointed in that, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, no Dustin Johnson, no Ricky, no Jason Day, Xander Shoffle, Patrick Reed, or Sergio. And they're all playing this week in Justin Rose and Mickelson. So um, a, a pretty loaded field, but it is missing Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods not playing. I was, I was hoping maybe he'd tee it up this week. Would have been good for the ratings, but yeah. I'm guessing it'll pop a pretty good number anyways because nothing's on <laughs> and people are st- starving for live sports. So This will be the J-Man's Bucket Prediction of the Week. I was wondering what it was going to be. You know who I'm picking boy Rory. Rory McIlroy will get her done like he never has when I picked him hey before. Hey man, he's number one in the world but one of these <laughs> days he's going to figure out that darn Josh Munn I'm gonna up there keep, man I, I'm going to keep picking him until he wins one and if he doesn't win one well there's a common denominator. Yeah. It's me. So it's uh, Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. I read today where they the rumor has it they're going to mic up some players so that should like be fun. J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. For life, home, auto, renters, business, workers, comp, and farm, contact Travis at 219-869-4561. And his email is travis.watchering at infb.com. You know, it's a good time for golf to experiment with some different things like micing people up. And I mean, the first five tournaments, I believe, uh, aren't going to have fans. The first one the two have fans will be mid-July at the Memorial. That might that'll probably be the first sporting event to have fans unless racing gets fans back before then. But I don't. the Korean baseball league put a bunch of stuffed animals behind the plate. Did you that see was that? just creepy looking. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but it's, it's gonna be interesting because some states are really starting to open up and allow about fifty percent. So well, it's kind of interesting when it comes to baseball. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I think Texas is allowing like fifty. 25 to 50 percent i know florida's up to 50 percent for like concert halls and i think stadiums are probably right up there too yeah i think it's 50 percent in texas and major league baseball says you can do what your state says you can do so that could provide an unfair advantage that 
the Houston Astros definitely don't need. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. God forbid they catch a break. Um, come baseball season, so it's uh, at least we're getting you know some more live sports back. Things are starting to feel a little more normal. Get getting there slowly, but uh, getting there—that's the most important part. Uh, you know, a and, lot of colleges are having people on campus now, so voluntary workouts are yeah. starting, um, doing testing and everything. I don't so. think we talked about this last week because it wasn't official yet, but the NBA will be back late July. July 31st. July 31st. Uh, they're going to play eight regular season games. 22 teams were invited back. What is it, nine Eastern teams? Nine East, 13, 13 West. West. So it's, it's your top eight plus any team within four games because there's going to be eight regular season games, then playoffs. And Game 7 of the NBA Finals could be October 12th, I think. Right around the time of the NBA draft. Which is weird because they moved that deadline to take your name out to like August, August something. Which Man, that could really hurt colleges. That will be because for class schedules and stuff, you yeah. better have everything lined up. Of course, they're going to make sure that uh, your stud basketball players will be yeah. there if they decide not to. <laughs> My dad says that the Rays would love to get 50% of fans. That would be a huge crowd for them. I was going to say, this will be a big advantage for them because they're used to not playing in front of anyone. So, but it, Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, and I wonder what that's going to do for next season, NBA. Um, they're going to have to push it back, you'd think. I've but, been a but proponent then, to push it back to Christmas anyways. But Yeah, but then the eight teams that – haven't been able to play since early March. It'll be almost a full year by the time. NHL's in the same how boat. NHL's yeah. in the exact same boat. So it's just kind of how it's going to have to be. Yeah, it's going to. Hopefully, it's only a one-year problem. You know, hopefully, don't have to deal with this again. It's going to be a two-season problem, but then hopefully, one calendar whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, man, I was going to say something. I Sorry. completely blanked. That was my fault. No, no, no. But. Um, I did find, you know, we talk a lot of Big Ten sports on here. I did find an interesting article today on CBSSports.com. They did a uh, Big Ten coach, coach ranking, coaches ranking of football. For how? Football. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not going to do a basketball one. And I'd like to hear the know. basketball one, though. That would be no. far more interesting to me. But uh, you can probably guess. Actually, didn't we you, – you told us this. Uh, you told me this CBS on Friday. Sports, oh, okay. It was a different website because they have Is a different it? number one. Really? Oh, oh Okay. Their number one is James Franklin. That makes more sense than old Ryan Day. They have him ranked uh, number nine overall in the country. Interesting. Coach. Presentation. Number two is Ryan Day. They have ranked number 10. He's coached, what, 17 games? Yeah. Yeah, he was ranked number 10th last year in their in their uh, power rankings because huh. he hadn't coached a uh, full season. Um. Got uh, Jim Harbaugh, number three. Overrated. Drinks, Kirk, drinks milk with steak. Kirk Ferentz, number four. Got some culture issues there in yeah. Iowa City, it sounds sure like. does. Good old Captain Rowboat, number five. That's about PJ right. Fleck. That's about right. I'd, I'd honestly think about putting him ahead of Ryan Day. Ryan Day's at Ohio State where he, he inherited this loaded roster. And Fleck's done amazing. He's done job at Minnesota. His shtick gets Still old. Still wouldn't put him ahead of this guy. They put him ahead of the Paul Christ from Wisconsin. I would. Would I, mean, you? Paul, I think Paul Christ. Uh, Five seasons. He's fifty-two and sixteen. He's good. Won at least ten games in four seasons and won the Big Ten West three times. But again, he took over a loaded program You're as right. well. You're right. But hey, guess you got to maintain. Yeah. Got to sustain it. I guess. Yeah. 
A little bit of props. Your guy, Pat Fitzgerald, number seven. That's fair. He had one really bad year, and that was last year. Um, but he needs to get over technology. He's just rip, he rips on the players for liking cell phones. Your guy, my guy, everyone's guy, Scott Frost, number eight. That is woefully too high. Um, he needs to be in that 12 to 14. Four and eight his first year, five and seven last year. Progress. Lost his best receiver today in DJ um, JD. Sp- JD, JD Sp- Spielman. Um, 800 plus yards each of his three years as a Husker. 14th player to transfer out of Nebraska in the offseason. He was remarkably consistent. Yep. 830 yards, 818 yards, 898 yep. yards. So they still have Wondell Robinson, but they lose him. Uh, losing some pieces I don't know there. Who else they have? Martinez. Um, I thought he had a They're going to be young again, probably. Year. So They'll have their excuse, though. Yeah. But there's a rumor he might go to Minnesota. Spielman? Mm-hmm. Man, they're seeming course loaded. They have. Uh, Crap, what's that guy's name? They lost Tyler Johnson. They have Bateman still. Bateman, that's it. Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Greg Schiano. Hadn't coached in the college game in quite a while. The guy on number He's nine. pretty dang good at old Buckers. Yeah, back in 2011. But that was we'll a long see. time ago. We'll yeah. see what he can do. Number 10, uh, Jeff Brom. Too high. <laughs> Too high. He was number eight last year, so he's fell two spots. Number 11, Tom Allen. He rose a spot. He was 12 last year. Surprised he only rose one spot. But who's he? He should have, honestly, if they're doing this based off of like last year, he should be like fourth. Yeah, last year alone. Number 12, Lovey Smith. Too high. He's below him. Oh. Number 13, Mel Tucker. He hadn't coached a game yet at Michigan State. Give me Tucker over Lovey. And number 14 is Mike Loxley. Loxley needs to be an offensive coordinator. He's uh, 6 and 40. As a head coach between well, uh, New Mexico and Maryland. He was at New Mexico, and they never won more than two games, I think. And I'm, I have to go look up Loxley. And Mel Tucker went 5-7 and seven in his only year at Colorado. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Loxley, at New Mexico, went 1-11, 1-11, 0-4, 2-26. And he was interim coach at Maryland 15-1-5. Yeah. But you look at Lovey. 6-4. He's st- he is just fifteen and thirty four and eight and twenty eight in the Big Ten, but that gets him ahead of the other two guys still. Did go to a bowl last year. Yeah, making progress. Not really. Yeah, uh, this guy has him as the fifty third best coach in the nation. Lovey Smith. A lot of good coaches in the Big Ten. If he has that, he has Tom Allen as the forty sixth in the nation. Brom forty fourth. Shiano thirty ninth. Frost thirty fourth. I personally think Fitzgerald twenty first. Chris, 17th, Fleck, 15th, Ferentz, 14th. I hate coach rankings so much. Yeah, there's just something to talk about. Tucker, 55th, Loxley, 65th. Now, if a basketball one came out and Brad Underwood was ranked like third, I'd and you be, all, that one, be all over it. <laughs> so, yeah, third. Wow, that's because the Big Ten is pretty loaded with some coaches. No, but I'm just saying if he was third, I'd be ecstatic. Well, he's probably more. Yeah, he'd probably be ranked in that 6-7 but, um, spot. See what else we got here that I could bring up. Um, I saw a good MLB draft article. Now I'm not gonna be able to find it. I'm sure it was a uh, like the best draft pick for every team. Hmm. One that they kind of lucked into, and then one that they missed by 
trading away a pick or something that became a really good player. But now I'm not finding the article, of course. Well, this year's draft's going to be a lot different. It's only going to be five rounds compared to 40. And um, undrafted free agents will only be able to sign for up to $20,000 just to save the billionaire owners some Skrilla. I'm looking. It's ridiculous. And I'm not finding it. But I always look forward to the Major League Baseball draft. Cubs have been uh, linked to college position players. Uh, one guy in particular is UCLA outfielder. Um, he's a center fielder, uh, Garrett Mitchell. He is a left-handed stick, 6'3", 204 pounds, has really good raw power, but it hasn't really translated to games. He runs really well. Um, he might have to move to a corner outfield spot. Um, once he fills fills out a little bit, but he's projected to go in the top ten, at least on this on MLB Pipeline. He's a the sixth ranked draft prospect. Cubs pick at 16th, but I've heard the Cubs link to him a bunch. They think he'll fall there. Could be a leadoff type hitter, which Cubs haven't had one since old uh, Dexter Fowler. So, uh, what is this? This is a power ranking of MLB draft. Um, this guy focuses on each team's best first-round pick. I cannot stress enough that these are first-round picks only. Cubs has to be Chris Bryant. But it ranks the teams. It has Red Sox number one. Oh, just based off their first-round selections? or Yeah, because it talks about Roger Clemens, huh. uh, Daryl Akersfelds, Ray Hayward, Joel Davis, Rich Stoll, Wayne Dotson, those guys. Tim Belcher. Heard of Belcher. Angels took Mike Trout, I think, 26th overall. As the Angels, I don't know. I'm really confused by this list. Dodgers third, Braves fourth, Mariners fifth, uh, Yankees sixth, Blue Jays seventh, Twins eighth, Astros ninth, A's tenth, Cubs are twelfth. Going by war, it's Rafael Palmero who went 22nd in 1985. Kerry Wood is second, yeah. Third, Chris Bryant, and he's the pick. Sure, he went second overall, but many were clamoring for the Cubs to take pitcher John Gray. Instead, Bryant was the pick and second overall after Mark Appel. Appel, yes. By the end of 2016, Bryant had one rookie year MVP in a World Series ring. Hard to argue with that one. Trying to see who's the worst. Reds. Hope it's the Reds. Rangers. Rangers. Kevin Brown, fourth overall in 1986. That's their best one. Mark Teixeira was fifth in 2001. Give me tax over Kevin Brown. Rockies 29th. Kevin Brown wasn't a very good guy either. Rockies was Helton and Tulo. After that, it was Jeff Jenkins. Tulo out of? Long Beach State. Yes, Helton, obviously. Uh, Where are the Reds? Where are the Reds? Where are the Reds? 17th. (laughs) Who's their best one? Barry Larkin, fourth overall in 1985. Uh, next best Reds first rounders are the likes of Todd Frazier, Jay Bruce, and Gary Nolan. Ugh. Jay yep. Bruce, Todd Frazier. Yep. Todd Frazier out of Big Ten school now. I Rutgers. Gave it, I gave it away. Yeah, I remember him at the rack um, watching a couple games. That's out of Tom's River, New Jersey. Ready for the birdie bogey? Played in the Little League World Series. I am as ready as I can be. So the two schools who have had the most number one overall NBA draft picks in the last forty years, two uh, two two had three of them. Yes, powerhouses: Duke, Duke, and Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, I remember that one. Uh, Anthony Davis and John Wall. The three of the six that I can get. I don't think Okafor was number one pick. He was number two pick. Who yep. went number one that year? 
<laughs> I was gonna say, I think you're all right. Man, I thought he went number one. So I got two. Wall and uh Yeah, I got him. Davis, definitely. You, you got those two. Luke. So you're already not getting a birdie. Why? I, I threw those numbers. I didn't guess them. I just threw can, them out there. I oh, think, you threw them out there. I so think Okafor get a par here. Went, uh, no. Um, so you got two of the three for Kentucky already. Yes. Don't have any Duke boys. Um, Luol Deng went second. Pretty sure. I think he Maybe was he went like later. Ninth, but. Seventh. <laughs> um, I don't think Grant Hill went number one either. I'm sure Leitner did, and he might have. Who knows? Um... I'm just bad at this. I got two. You <laughs> got, <two. laughs> um, got a third of them. I don't think Antoine Walker uh, went number one overall. He was probably pretty good. He played at Kentucky. He was really good there he for a little good. bit. He was good. Him and Tony Delk. Um, I don't think Ron Mercer went one. Oh, uh, was he a first round pick. Yeah, I think he was, was like he? fifth. Okay. I think Sam Bowie went two, didn't he? Oh, cripes. Because Olajuwon went one. I don't want to guess him if I'm wrong because I don't want to sound stupid. Um, I'm going back. I, I just don't know early 80s at all besides the Jordan year. Um, or 90s. <laughs> Is, are, are the Duke ones going to make me really upset? You're going to be upset at every single one every of them. One. Every single one of them. Mm. And I'm going to give you a minute left. So we got to cut this thing off so the so we don't get cut off on the network. Who the heck was taken last year? Oh, um, Zion Williamson. <laughs> that was last year. You got one, you got one Duke boy. Two oh. You're halfway there. That would run. You're running out of time. That would have really upset me if I didn't get Zion though. I, c- I can deal with the other three, but. Uh. You're still going to kick yourself, dude. Oh, I'm sure. Shane Battier. I don't think he no. went number one. No. I don't know. Well, your other Kentucky guy you're missing was Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. That was a tough one. I completely one. forgot about him. Your other two Duke boys. One you always miss comes up on the podcast a lot. Elton Brand. Oh, man. Yep. And Kyrie Irving. Ky- See, the only one I'm upset about is the Kyrie Irving one. The other two are whatever. Um, Bowie. That's a par. I got three out of six. I don't know. You threw out so many names. I know, but they weren't official guesses. I'm like, I don't think this guy. Three out of six does not deserve a par. That deserves a bogey. That's a par. I give you pars for. You've never given me pars. One out of four. Well, now I'm never going to give you pars, ever. Now it's it's game game time, huh? Wrap us up, J-Man. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man show live on the ISC Sports Network. Like to thank our sponsors, Noble Gnome LLC, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching, The Dam Landing. And, and Performer Print House. Performer Print House. Uh, got anything else to add to that? Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, please. Uh, if we can get up to about 50 uh, ratings, we'll do some sort of giveaway. I think we're at six right now, so we have ways to go <laughs> as far as ratings. So um, that would be great to get to 50, and we'll do some sort of giveaway. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We will be back at it next Monday night on the ISC Sports Network. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy.